0: NFL Week 5 on the Rookie Big Board. I am your host, Matt Hicks, the FF Educator. On this episode, we're going to start by talking Dynasty Rankings Update. The Dynasty Big Board got a big update reacting from the first four weeks of the NFL season. Segment number two, we're going to dip into spooky season. We're going to talk about some October rookie treats that I expect to come our way and we're going to finish it up with a Devi Week 6 College Football Slate Preview. Let's get into it. <music> Dynasty Big Board update over on Patreon.com slash Rookie Big Board if you want to get access to the Dynasty rankings as well as the Devi rankings the class of 2023 rankings you can head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board for just three dollars a month get access to that in the discord and so much more speaking of the discord i dipped into it and asked the folks in the discord to name me a few players here whose values were difficult to assess at this point in time so I've identified five players that I wanted to chat about that were suggested by the Discord, and we're going to go ahead here and start with J.K. Dobbins, running back from the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins, we have been patiently waiting for his return, patiently waiting for his healthy return, and he looked solid in his return. 13 attempts, 41 rushing yards, one touchdown, caught all four of his targets for 22 yards and a touchdown. It was well worth the wait. J.K. Dobbins right now is sitting as running back 13 in my Dynasty rankings. He's got a big board rating of 8.19, which is just behind Zeke and just ahead of Kamara. Kamara, a real faller in the Dynasty big board update. Following the Javante Williams injury, which I will get into J.K. Dobbins is going to be sitting there and running back one territory. I've been pretty high relatively on J.K. Dobbins. I have a rebuild orphan that I took over, and I fielded a lot of offers for him this offseason. And the price that I put on him was two first-round picks. I wasn't able to get it. The highest I got, the closest I got, was a first and a second in 2022 picks. I've held out. I'm still going to look for two 2023 picks, but I'm willing to take a first and a second in 2023 picks. I think that is the right spot for J.K. Dobbins, but I do expect his workload is only going to increase. And as the game script better fits Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins should just see more and more action. But hey, two touchdowns a game certainly wouldn't be a bad trend to hold on to for as long as we can. Next up here, we'll move to the wide receiver position. Folks in the Discord were a little concerned about DJ Moore, and for good reason. DJ Moore has always been a really difficult player to evaluate, and the talent is certainly there. It's never been a question of talent. It's always been a question of touchdowns, but now it's just a question of overall offense. It seems like he's going to get a new quarterback every year, and none of these guys are really going to be able to feed him the ball in the way that he needs to be fed in Carolina. So I think the question is, how long is it going to take for DJ Moore to get out of Carolina and into a better offensive situation? In the meantime, he slides down to wide receiver 29 in my dynasty rankings. Even though I've always been low on DJ Moore, he's always been in the low teens, but there's just so many other players that I'd like to have above him. You know, I'll take Rashad Bateman above him, sitting there as wide receiver 27. I'll take Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 26, above him. DJ Moore, I have just above Jahan Dotson at wide receiver 30. Y'all know I'm high on Jahan Dotson. He's found in the end zone eight a lot early season, just ahead of Tyler Boyd, just ahead of Traylon Burks, just ahead of Michael Gallup. That's the range that DJ Moore finds himself in, where he used to be in the range of guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Evans and guys who I have still in the mid to late teens in the Dynasty Big Board. So, It's difficult for DJ Moore. I think it's a situation where if you can get a first-round pick back for him, I think that's a fine pivot point. If you can't get anything more or at least a 2023 first-round pick for DJ Moore, I think you've got to hold. You've got to hold on to him and hope that he pops and gets more into rhythm. Next up here, we're going to bounce all around. We're going to the quarterback position. Three out of five here, guys, that we're talking about difficult dynasty valleys to dissect It's going to be Justin Fields. This one's tough. This one is really tough for me. I still believe in the player. I still believe in the talent. And folks, that's how you can get yourself in trouble. It's just, it's true. It's how you could get yourself in trouble. It's sometimes how you hit big in fantasy football. But Justin Fields right now, I have tied for quarterback 11. He actually has the same uh, rating, 8.26, as Trey Lance and Russell Wilson. So you could have him as 11, you could have him as 13 in any order. For me, it's really just a question of how does Chicago want to utilize him. What I'm choosing to tell myself, what I'm choosing to believe as somebody who has invested fairly heavily in Justin Fields is that this offense is only going to get better as the coaching staff gets familiar with it, as they hopefully bring in more weapons next offseason. The question is, are they going to stick with Justin Fields? Are they going to truly invest in him? I think they have to. I think they have to at least give him one more good year. I think it's going to be kind of how we felt about Tua going into this year, where I stuck to my guns with Tua, and injuries aside, that's looking like a really strong take early season. So could we have a similar feeling with Justin Fields next year where there's a lot of controversy, but ultimately Chicago sticks with him? Maybe they get him some more weapons that fit his skill set a little bit better, and maybe ultimately he starts to pop and hit because the talent is absolutely there with Justin Fields. So this is a situation where, again, I wouldn't really pivot off of him. I think you've got to ride it out. I think you've got to hold the value. If you get a 2023 mid-first-round pick and you want to pivot off of him, I don't blame you. I'm not sure I would do that, but I wouldn't blame anybody that would. Uh, The next one up here might be a little surprising. It's uh, Jamar Chase. I think folks are rightfully frustrated about Jamar Chase. He had a big week one, a Jamar Chase-esque week one, and then he's had rather pedestrian weeks two through four with fantasy football purposes. So we're looking at this, you know, we go back to last year. You have to understand that a lot of Jamar Chase's production came in a few big games. Now, He certainly was more consistently producing, but it's not like Jamar Chase has gotten blanked. He hasn't gotten zeroed, right? So I have not pivoted at all from Jamar Chase. He's still wide receiver one in my dynasty rankings, just slightly above Justin Jefferson. So, and in that same tier, by the way, is Stephon Diggs right now. So those guys are the three at the top, but Jamar Chase is... Uh, easily I wouldn't say easily Jamar Chase is still my wide receiver one and I'm feeling pretty confident with that so no panic no pivot you would need more than two 2023 firsts to get Jamar Chase from me and then let's talk about Javante Williams now I did do this big board update before the Javante Williams injury I had Javante Williams up to running back nine which was a a pretty significant increase for me with Javante Williams I had always had him kind of in the mid-teens you know early teens range a little bit lower than consensus consistently and then I bump him up and you know he had what seemed to be a really good week and then unfortunately now suffers a a torn ACL and it sounds like there may have been uh, more damage within that knee so You know, how far do I drop Javante Williams down from nine without plugging him into the formula that helps me out here? I have to think he's going to land somewhere in the range of running backs 18 to 20, and I almost feel bad putting him in that range because it lands him in the same range as Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, James Robinson. These guys that, you know, uh, have this combination of talent, but also injury history, right? And, And so I think we get we get stuck with these guys kind of in this mid-range. So I, if you can pivot now, and folks want to try to buy quote low on Javante Williams, and you can get a 2023 first plus, I'm very willing to make that pivot. Quite frankly, if you could get what you perceive to be top 5 or top 6 2023 rookie pick, I also think that would be a perfectly fine pivot from Javante Williams at this point. Because you just don't know. Coming off of that knee injury, you simply do not know. Uh, it's unfortunate to say because, like I said, even, you know, me as somebody who's been lower on him, I had finally gotten him up into that running back one territory, and he suffers just a horrible, unfortunate injury. So he's a difficult guy to place, but if I had to, or not if I had to, I, I am I am having to. So I'm going to place him uh, in that running back 18 to 20 range. There you have it, five difficult players. I hope you could hear the difficulty, the distress In my voice, good suggestions from the Discord on these dynasty values stemming from the Dynasty Big Board Rankings Update. (music) It's officially spooky season. It's October. Cue up the Nightmare Before Christmas, which absolutely is a Halloween movie. Grab your... Pumpkin shaped Reese's peanut butter cups. Put your dog in a ridiculous Halloween costume. We're getting into it here Four rookies who I'm hoping end up being treats guys on the rise guys that are going to perform in October. We're starting here with Rashad White Rashad White is a hot topic this week coming off of the waiver wire. Five receptions for 50 yards. Even after he fumbled earlier in that game, there was a lot of coach talk going into the game that they wanted to get Rashad White more involved. They did. Rashad White, five receptions for 50 yards, is fitting into that James White type role that I was hoping for early season or preseason, I should say. I'm hoping he comes to it. I do think that they want to intentionally get him involved. The skill set is there. He looks good on the eye test. I think Rashad White is in for a good October. If you're trying to prioritize him on the waiver wire, I would be willing to spend up and go get him. How about Alec Pierce? Week 4, 4 receptions on 6 targets for 80 yards. Week 3, 3 receptions on 5 targets for 61 yards. He was out week 2 in concussion protocol, but in week 1, although it's not going to show up in the stat book, he did have 2 end zone targets. Now, he did end up not catching those two, but it's clear that Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts want to get Alec Pierce the ball, and I feel like nobody is talking about him at all, despite fairly good early season production, right? So Alec Pierce is certainly somebody that I've had my eyes on. He's been on the bench for me a lot, but now I'm going into this next week here considering him as a legitimate flex and streamer play. And by the end of October, he might be a weekly plug-in. Next up here is Kenny Pickett. The Steelers announced that they are officially turning it over to Kenny Pickett. I got to say, I thought he was going to get the whole season, but getting in here in week five is still a pretty good indication here that Pittsburgh to give Kenny Pickett every chance he can to perform well this season and secure this starting job long term so here's the good news from Kenny Pickett he entered into the game in week four the good news is that he only had three incompletions it was 10 for 13 76 percent of his passes were completed 120 yards here's the bad news he had three interceptions so if he wasn't completing the ball He was completing the ball. It was just to the other team. He did also have two rushing touchdowns, which is really exciting as well. So as we move through October, I got to be honest here. Kenny Pickett, he does have a tough schedule. So I'm not telling you that by the end of the month, you're going to absolutely love Kenny Pickett, but I think we're going to see some really good things. I think we're probably going to see some mistakes as well. It should be interesting. Kenny Pickett hyper-targeted fellow rookie George Pickens when he got into the game. So folks who are excited about George Pickens' preseason, we may finally get that hype built back up. If you want to take advantage of a cooling period on his value and try to get in beforehand, we know chemistry is critical here, especially with rookie wide receivers. So Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, both guys to watch in Pittsburgh. One more rookie treat for you, and this is Khalil Shakur. Khalil Shakur really popped in the preseason. He's somebody who Buffalo – it seems wants to get really involved. And now Buffalo's wide receiving core is starting to get a little shaken up with Isaiah McKenzie and Gabriel Davis being questionable off the field, on the field. So Khalil Shakur has proven in the preseason that he can play anywhere around the field. So it should be really interesting to see if he gets more involved in October. I think we could see some big highlights from him this month, and it could really drive up his dynasty fantasy football value. There you have it. Four rookie treats. Now that we're in spooky season, back at it here with the college football week six devi slate preview. We're shaping up for another good one this week, folks. Noon slate TV game: Tennessee versus LSU. That is on ESPN. That is a twelve Eastern time, eleven. Central time, they will be playing in Baton Rouge, so it is an 11 o'clock local kickoff. LSU has Kayshaun Boutte, who has been struggling. He really needs to find some momentum, really needs to find some rhythm and some production here as the season goes on. How about Malik Neighbors, the underclassman, 2024 eligible, but wide receiver Malik Neighbors has looked the part of potentially the best wide receiver out there for LSU. Certainly somebody that I'll be paying close attention to. I guess technically we're watching Jaden Daniels. And then Noah Kane, the running back as well, is certainly a player to keep your eye on. It's potentially a day three type prospect. On the Tennessee side, you're looking at Hendon Hooker, who continues to get More and more hype around his not only Heisman candidacy, but potential NFL Draft Day 1 candidacy. And Cedric Tillman, who also has the ability to go Round 1 in the 2023 NFL Draft. Big man, wide receiver, who may or may not be on the field. He had to miss the last Tennessee game before the bye week. And it's looking like he's been limited in practice, so we may see him. We may not see him. If we do not see him, keep an eye on Brew McCoy, who is also 2023 eligible for the Tennessee Volunteers iPad game. So, again, if you're not familiar with this approach here, I tell you the game to watch on the big screen, which is the main game to watch, and then a side game to watch on the iPad game. It's going to be Texas at Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry on ABC, also a 12 o'clock kickoff. Texas has Bijan Robinson, The 101, anytime you can watch B. John Robinson, you're going to want to watch B. John Robinson. Xavier Worthy, who went into the season as my top 2024 wide receiver, has struggled early season, but he popped last week. I'm looking for another big week for Xavier Worthy. And then Quinn Ewers may be back on the field. It seems like Texas has been cautious with Quinn Ewers despite the fact that he's been technically active for the last two games I think they've been waiting to see him play against Oklahoma and this is kind of the running bit Oklahoma always finds their way on the on this part of the show so for Oklahoma it is Dylan Gabriel it's Eric Gray it's Marvin Mims and repeats 3.30 Slate TV game, North Carolina at Miami. ESPN2, technically a 4 o'clock kickoff. North Carolina has Drake May, the sophomore quarterback in the class of 2024, who continues to impress. Between Drake May, Quinn Ewers, Caleb Williams, the 2024 quarterback class is shaping up to potentially be even stronger than the 2023 quarterback class, and certainly stronger than the 2022 quarterback class. We also have Josh Downs, who's going to be a top 50 wide receiver in the 2023 draft. And then you have two freshman running backs in Hampton and Petaway. It's been more Amari and Hampton recently, but George Petaway certainly could get action in this game as well. The Tar Heels going through a rotation at the running back position. For Miami, it's Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke has not had a big uh, explosion game against North Carolina who has been a susceptible secondary this year Tyler van Dyke has the opportunity to impress in a highly televised game and then look for a pair of sophomore running backs for Miami Harry Parrish Jr uh, and Thaddeus Franklin, both sophomores who we've seen some pops of production from iPad game, Utah at UCLA 330 on Fox. Utah, Cam Rising, I believe a 13 to 2 touchdown interception ratio. He is an older, more experienced quarterback. I don't know if he's a legitimate NFL draft prospect, but if he continues to produce at this rate, he's going to at least be in consideration for the back end of day three. And Tavion Thomas, somebody who I like to go into the preseason, who hasn't really had a a blow-up game, will have the opportunity to show up on a big stage this week, running back for Utah, a power back. On the UCLA side, a power back who has blown up this week, or this season, I should say. And probably will blow up again this week is Zach Charbonnet. It's always Zach Charbonnet season. Five touchdowns through the first four games scored again last week. Keep an eye as well. Wide receiver Jake Bobo, the Duke transfer here, who's been very productive for the UCLA Bruins and may end up being NFL draft relevant. Let's head into the late slate here. TV game is BYU at Notre Dame. They're playing this game in Vegas. By the way, I know Alabama is playing in this time slot. I know Texas A&M is playing in this time slot. Hopefully you'll realize as I'm going through these Devi slates, I don't just pick out the best teams and the best games every single week. I'm trying to give you a variety of different guys to pay attention to. So we haven't talked about BYU's Jaron Hall at all. I gave quarterback Jaron Hall a relatively low NFL draft projection after my summer scouting, but... It's a name that just keeps coming back up and up in NFL draft circles. So if the NFL is paying attention, we're paying attention. That's the way it works, folks. Notre Dame side, it's Michael Meyer, the tight end, who could go as high as top 10 and who I do think is locked into a first-round NFL draft selection. Michael Meyer will be the only... Tight end for fantasy football purposes that we're going to actually be legitimately excited about this upcoming year. So anytime you get the chance to put your eyes on him, I highly recommend you do. And then underclassman Lorenzo Styles, the wide receiver for Notre Dame, has stepped up as the main wide receiver target in an improvised passing offense with Drew Pine now at the helm. The iPad game is Clemson at Boston College. This is the red bandana game, which is a really fantastic tradition for Boston College. It's ABC. It's a 730 game. Clemson. We're looking for the normal candidates here. DJU. Bo Collins, the wide receiver, Will Shipley, the running back. But how about freshman wide receiver Antonio Williams? It's rare that Clemson gets a freshman wide receiver heavily involved, but he has been a top wide receiver target opposite of Bo Collins in this offense. Plus, my man rocks the number zero, which I always think is tough. Boston College side, it's Zay Flowers. It's all Zay Flowers. Zay had a couple big plays again last week. I do anticipate him being locked into day two if not a top 50 selection. I'm going to give a little bit of bonus here. I'm going to call it a second half iPad game because I do expect to be a little bored by the time we get to the second half of Clemson Boston college and Clemson's probably up 24 already. How about Wazoo at USC Washington state quarterback. Cam Ward is somebody who I've mentioned in previous weeks. I want you to continue to pay attention to the dual threat quarterback. And then USC has just a bevy of talent and usually, the first couple weeks we've had to wait till like 10 or 11 to watch USC. Now we can do it a little bit fresher eyes because they're playing at seven 30 on Fox. It's Caleb Williams. It's Jordan Addison. It's Travis die. How about Relique Brown, the 2025 running back lots of talent here in the late slate, lots of talent lots of excitement overall in week six of college football folks. It's week six. It's week five. The season's going quick. Soak it in. Make sure to take advantage of spooky season. Get your rookie treats in here and support the show by going and checking out the Dynasty rankings, along with the Devi rankings, along with the Rookie rankings, along with the Discord access. Patreon.com slash Rookie Board. As always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board.